All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. I don't think it's into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 117 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I am Julian Gill, your host today, and I am joined by 69th Blizzard. Ken, welcome back. Thank you. And Marcus Almighty. Mark, good to see you both again. Uh, there will only be three of us today, which is perfectly fine. So let's do a little bit of news first. And um, first of all, Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, which I am going to be parroting on about week after week after week because I want it to be a success. Um, they've announced a couple of extra guests now, and uh, one is Paul Taylor, who of course um, toured with Alice Cooper and Winger, will be appearing. Also, and I'm scrolling up through this, and I have to find something that I can read, because he used a font that I couldn't quite make out. Anthony Corder and Patrick Francis from Tora Tora. So if you're a fan of late 80s and early 90s rock, those will be a couple of good guests for you to come to the National Rock and Pod Expo to see. I did ship out my Green Monster book to uh, the person who contributed 150 bucks to the... Uh, to the GoFundMe, and uh, they're apparently happy with it. There's one of those left, and the venue has changed. So, um, you know, check out NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com for more information on that. Now let's get into the, the more directly KISS-related stuff. And a couple of good leaks recently um, for everyone who wants to jump up and down and say, yay, stick it to the hoarders. Um, well, this is one I didn't. I did not actually have this show. I turned it down a couple of times because I just was not interested in partial soundboards. Um, not worth the money to me personally. However, a master tape is a master tape is a master tape. And you know what? After hearing it, I got to say, damn, it sounds good. I absolutely love Ace Frehley's guitar tone on this show, and actually hearing it. You know, maybe it's just the one thing I'm focusing this time when I'm listening to Fort Worth, and these are the final two dates of the Love Gun tour. The the fifth, I believe, is um, where most of it comes from, and I think the fourth is just from uh, Peter Chris's solo, God of Thunder reprise through the end. And I don't have all the details, you know, available on this. I just haven't done notes. It should be up on YouTube by now. Um, on one of the nights, Paul sings all of a black diamond. I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, the forest, the, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, there, there's some cool, you know, stuff coming from the guys working the boards. I mean, someone shushing someone. Uh, <laughs> you, um, you know, I think Peter comes out to start singing Beth, and he's like, ooh, you know, like little, little stuff like that you, that you don't really usually <laughs> hear on a concert recording or a soundboard. Um, the most of the show is represented. You know, on one of those nights, but you know, calling Doctor Love cuts out, and then you're missing what shouted out loud, um, the beginning of God of Thunder. So you can't even put these two together and have a full show, but you're getting most of it. And I mean, we, we've we've all had the uh, the summit nights on video for years, and those are the two immediately prior to Fort Worth. Ken heard it, checked it out yet? No. <laughs> No. I, haven't heard, I haven't heard it yet. I, had, I hadn't had time. I, I started, I think I listened to just a, a real quick clip of one of them, but uh, 
um, that's it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that out. As from what you you say, it it's pretty pretty darn cool. Yeah, I've had um, surprisingly, and I, I seldom do this with bootlegs. I've actually played it probably 20 times already. I've just had it on loop. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I, <laughs> I still use Winamp to listen to shit. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I've just had it going and going and going, and you know thoroughly enjoyed it. One thing uh, I think someone did point out, and they don't even mention Fort Worth in the intro. That's cut from that yeah. part. You know, it's like all right, oh, I wanted yeah. the best. You know, which someone raised the point of they think that they're hearing some of the stuff that they remember in Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. You know, and whether maybe it was chopped up. I haven't done an evaluation yet. Oh, really? You know, um, hmm. because some of the live stuff in there, you know, maybe. Who knows? So, yeah, um, totally feasible. Mark, have you heard it yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I listened to it a few times already. And, uh, yeah, one of those one of the things that was really surprising and interesting was the Paul Stanley, as you mentioned, singing Black Diamond, which was right away stuck out like a sore thumb. I was like, wow, there must have been a mic glitch or something must have happened for that to have happened. But uh, that was interesting. You get a version of Black Diamond that you don't have usually. Um, I'm always kind of a sucker for the Peter Chris drum solo, so I've always liked that whole kind of phasing thing that happens on his snare drums and that. So I've always loved that that on the God of Thunder there and that partial show that that was on there. And that was really cool. And the bath there where he... You could hear his little things in between, where he, like you said, when he did that whoo in between, and you know, and how he's struggling at the very end to hold that note. You can literally hear him pulling the mic away and then putting it back closer when he gets back to the note somewhat. It's I, that's why I love soundboards. I've always said I've never bought sound like these bootleg concert vinyls at all because most of them are audience and most of them sound like they were, you know, you know, it sounds like a cement mixer. The audio is terrible, right? So. I love soundboard stuff, and when you can when you find stuff like this, I'm always on it. I love listening to this stuff because the soundboard is such a great representation of the show. You you can't miss anything. You can hear everything perfectly, and even stuff that people in the audience don't even hear sometimes because it's so mic'd perfectly, and you get that audio from it, right? So I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. The full concert, which was the the fifth version of the show, yeah, the yeah fifth. Um, was good. I mean, lots of great stuff on there, like, you know, the I Stole Your Love and Ladies Room and all that. Great stuff. You know, Ace was on fire. They were really good on this show, I thought, so. Yep, and, you know, I gotta say, I gotta call out Take Me and a great mm-hmm. version of Hooligan, so very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other release that's just come up on Eat a Peach, which I believe is the former Godfather Records, uh, one of the finer purveyor of bootleg material is allegedly a new so, uh, soundboard source for one of the Detroit shows in 1990. It's uh, the land of hope and glory I think they're calling that title. I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet to see if it's any better than, than what we've already had those being the two primary um, you know, pro shots from that tour. So that that's one I'm going to be checking out this weekend maybe while I do some editing work so uh, before we get into today's topic as well record store day has come around again and you know they put out a list of stuff that's going to be getting exclusive release and once again there's no kiss yeah Paul Stanley's live to win is not there 
which I just find a crime shame. And Gene Simmons asshole, not there either, which uh, I would love to have it on vinyl. So I'm, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, I'd never play it, either of them. I'm ex- I'm excited though. I'm excited. You are. So yes. Yeah, I, I said go through the list and uh, pick a few. What is that? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of them. Rush Cygnus X One. I mi- I, Cygn- I missed that on the list. What is it? It's gonna. It's their. It's the fortieth anniversary of Farewell to Kings. So they're doing a one hundred and eighty gram vinyl EP, which has Cygnus X One Book One on one side and Book Two on the other side, and has new artwork by Hugh Syme. So I'm as a Rush fan, I'm on it. I'm ready. I already contacted a few places. And I'll be there the minute that lock opens up on the door. I'm in there and I'm elbowing people out of the way. Well, I, I you saw my head kind of go down when you said farewell to Kings, because I am not a fan of that album. I you know, really Cygnus is great. That, I like it. That's the best part of it. So if it's on that part's on vinyl, but Cinderella yeah. Man, uh, title track, uh, Xanadu cannot stand those songs. I just find you don't them. like Xanadu? What? No, no. I oh find my God. God. I, I find them subpar. I skip over a lot of this album and and go between what twenty one twelve straight into Hemispheres is, is my happier path. Hemispheres mm. is just superior in every way for my taste. Cygnus X One is fantastic. I mean that that's great stuff. But uh, the rest of it, kind of the neo uh, medieval crap is yeah. I, I, just great it's on, a little bit of on me well you gotta remember though too I mean this is their first trek to England as far as recording an album so they could, I'm pretty sure they couldn't help but have a little bit of that yeah, you know course. influence in there because like Rock Rockfield where they recorded is right in the middle of a nice forest and so the, and they recorded the introduction of uh, Farewell to Kings that acoustic part they actually placed them outside a la Led Zeppelin put the stool out there let all the birds chirp, and they actually did that whole yeah. beginning outside. So, I mean, you you, you know, it, it's, it's like if I went to do a recording somewhere in England, I'm sure I would probably do it too because I'm hugely influenced by that kind of progressive scene. So you can't help but have that rub off on you a little bit, I think. So you'd be dressing up like Robin Hood and making some music? <laughs> I, I think I think leave the, leave the touristy stuff at home. But, you know, to be sure, what, what are the other standouts for you? I, I said pick three, so I hope you got a couple more. Well, uh, there's, the, uh, there's a 12-inch, uh, I believe it's a picture disc coming out of the S90125 that's coming out as oh, well. Oh, I saw that, yeah. And I'm definitely, definitely going to go in on that because uh, they did release... It wasn't a record store day thing, but they had released prior a going for the one picture disc as well. So, and I haven't gotten that yet, but I will. But 90125 is definitely something that's coming out now as well. And there was something else I'm trying to remember offhand. Maybe you can go to Ken for a second because I can't remember what the third one was. All right, Ken, that's... check out some of your, your picks from uh, record store day. Well, yeah, Rush was one of them for me too, that one, uh, the Cygnus X1. And two, and uh, another one for me was was Def Leppard for sure. Oh yeah, the EP. Yeah. yeah, that's probably that was one that Mark was thinking. Yeah, that's um, the one. Yeah, Def Leppard, the the EP. Uh, how, how many songs is on it? Uh, should be three. I think it should be Right yeah. Into the Sun, uh, Get Your Rocks Off, <laughs> and uh, Overture were yeah. the original ones on there. So yeah, that one's cool. That that I'll look forward to that one. Uh, I had a couple other ones that I was thinking about too. Uh, there was a that McCartney cassette demos uh, 
one from Flowers in the Dirt. Um, and then there's the the cars actually live at the Agora '78, which would I think would be pretty interesting. So uh, those are the ones I'm kind of you know looking at and think they're you know, might be worth buying. Nice. I, you you got two of my picks right there. Number one, obviously for mm. me, Def Leppard. Four thousand yeah. copies of that being issued, twelve inch format. I've had I, you know, in my collection, I, I probably still have some of them. Invariably, I've had the yellow sleeve reissued. I think that's uh, pineapple or something like that. Was the that's the second issue. Was never able to afford the red label. Uh, first issue of the EP. I had the uh, the Vertigo reissue, the Fan Club one. So now to have a 12 inch of it will be pretty cool because Def Leppard has been one of my favorite bands. And apparently this is going to be the kickoff for a reissue campaign with Universal. So. You know, a few years ago, yeah. they had High and Dry and On Through the Night listed on uh, CD Japan as double CDs. Now, what's the stuff that uh, could possibly be going on CD2 for On Through the Night other than, uh, what's it, the Friday Rock Show, um, the London Live one that everyone's had. I mean, I did a transfer of a reel of that, and it, it, it's a fantastic show, but there's other radio shit from around that time as well. Hello, uh, what's, what's the B-side? Good Morning Freedom. Um, so there, there's plenty of stuff, you know, that kind of gets exciting even better when you get to high and dry. But uh, Mark, you oh. want to jump back in? Yeah, there's one thing that I just remembered because I opened the list again here. That this is the one that I was making sure that my guy at the indie independent record store there had, and he swore he ordered eight of them. So I'm going to be going in. Is that they have David Bowie's that promo record that he did for? Um, oh yeah. That uh yeah for uh, that was mixed was uh, uh, mixed with another artist, but they're only putting his stuff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The young American stuff that he did, and he and oh. he, it was like a promo. No, it wasn't. It was a hunky dory. That's it, hunky dory. Yeah, it was a split like that, and they call it the the Bowie promo or something like that. The bow promo, that's coming out, and also they're releasing a live thing called Cracked Actor, which is live from seventy in Los Angeles, which is another sort of live thing that's really, really good. Apparently, it's been uh, it's been touted to be one of the better live uh, uh, shows that he did. That's going to be on vinyl as well. So, um, but I definitely want that hunky dory promo version of the album because apparently they sent that out to just you know label people and to, like radio and magazines, and it was just a bunch of songs. That some of them appeared on the record and some of them appeared on other records. So he was working on songs at different. Oh, okay. And so it's really, it's really good. I, and I'm, I'm gonna hmm. grab that for sure. Well, Ken had another one of my picks, which was Cars Live at the Agora. Um, yeah. You know, but one of my first ones that jumped out at me was Sex Pistols, Anarchy in the UK. Mm-hmm. And then I read up on it, and it's just uh, I think five singles, four UK and one US, all with picture sleeves. And I'm like, why? There's a really good singles box set from years ago that's got black leather and some of the rarer you know x pistols stuff from the, the tail end of their career and shit i still got sex box one over there so i've got just about everything musically the pistols ever did and that's all i need because you know but barrel pretty much at the bottom the other pick for me was doors live at the matrix 67 and oh, okay I, I love Doors live shows. I, you know, they they put out a few over the uh, you know 
past few years and everything was always better than what's that live one that they did do as part of the catalog years absolute live or you know getting these these fuller shows is just really cool love the doors so record store day um you know no kiss no kiss no ace frelly no bruce you know i'd say you know the guys that kiss my wax did a fantastic thing they repackaged up bk3 with an ob um I don't have all the details. I have it. I, I missed it. So, uh, and actually, I wasn't interested either, for that matter. I have a copy over there. Um, but tell us about it, because Bruce could have gotten in on Record Store Day, you know, even just doing a single or, you know, I, I just don't mm-hmm. understand why Ace doesn't do something or Peter or, you know, Peter mm-hmm. obviously I don't think is possibly interested, but he could uh, put a single out. You know, and, and Bruce. So tell us about the uh, the BK3 because that's a really cool thing that they've done. Yeah. Um, so the I guess rockologists, you know, Tom Shannon and crew uh, put together uh, worked with Bruce Kulick to put out the uh, rockologist uh, the uh, BK3 album. Uh, and actually, it's it's you know the albums are already out obviously, um, but these are albums that have not been sold and, and so that they packaged them and, and redid things to. Uh, they created a, uh, you know, the, the uh, OB um, on it, and they also, uh, if you were lucky, you got a, you got a, uh, a guitar pick, uh, certificate of authentication. Um, Bruce Kulick signs the the front of the album. Uh, there's also, uh, if you're lucky, you get a poster. Uh, some of them are signed, some of them are not signed, but there's certificate of authenticity. 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 Just call it. Just call it a COA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. COA. Yeah. Certificate of authenticity. Um, there you go. And uh, and Bruce signs those cards too. And I think there's a this is kind of a hologram thing. I have it. Uh, it's not. It's up. It's in a different room, so I could go grab it, but um, it's okay. Uh, but it's it's cool. It's something that you know did something different, something extra, uh, something that record companies you know should do. You know, add little extras and, and things like that. Uh, and you know, and it's my first copy of it on vinyl. So I had it on CD, and I had been putting off the vinyl, so it was okay. It was perfect timing uh, because mm-hmm. I wanted to get the vinyl eventually. And, uh, and uh, I got the little extras in it. Nice. So, you know, very well done by Tom and the guys. You know, number one, thinking up that and executing it. That's quite a bit of effort. And kudos to Bruce for his involvement in a very, very yeah. cool project. So, I think today's topic, excuse me, it's somewhat related to Record Store Day again. And I know we've done rants on this episode, on previous episodes, about the stuff sure. we'd love to see Kiss to do as a record store day exclusive and you know right at the top i'm saying live to win asshole vinyl releases you know jeans in red paul's in purple or purple and yellow splatter vinyl i would look good for live to win or yeah. or as a picture disc with the star thing on the yeah you know okay i i just don't see why it's so complex when all these other bands are willing to put out 1800 3000 5000 i think u2's up at 7000 for for these exclusive re- uh, releases, so I, I never get it. But uh, I'm also going to say the very best of Kiss double vinyl. But oh, 
It just right. come on, it just went gold. How about celebrating it with a record store day release? You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, Julian, shut up, get on with the topic. Um so it's hello, Universal Music, can you hear us? And what I want to dig into a little bit today are the three titles that each of you would most like to see Kiss or Universal more primarily, and Tommy Thayer as audio archivist for the band to to be revisited as I, I guess deluxe or repackaged and, and you know not necessarily deluxe or as a box maybe who knows you know mm-hmm. go with yes. go 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 with the formats is it albums is it videos for that mm-hmm. matter you know redo kissology so let's get into a first pick since I'm doing so much talking today Ken kick us off okay okay um, well first of all I'd like to say that what they should do and uh, what would I'd like Universal to do is to release it doesn't have to be in chronological order but I would love them for them to do two a year release two a year kind of as a in a way a tribute to like how they were releasing Kiss was releasing albums back in the early 70s you know they were putting out you know, a couple a year maybe even more um, so I would like them to do that first of all because you know you have other groups doing this stuff yearly almost uh, you know Paul McCartney has one every year he has the one coming out now uh, you know flowers in the dirt um, you know the archive so uh, so one of them that I would love for them to do uh, is and uh, it would be uh, kiss alive Two. that's one of them um, kiss alive Two. I'd love for them to put some kind of box together for that. Uh, have vinyl, maybe remaster it again. Um, vinyl, and then the CDs. Also, some some pro shot, you know, video, DVD, maybe a, at least one concert, maybe two. Uh, throw in there, and then also I'd like them to reproduce the uh, the tour book at the time. Stick that in there. Put a poster in there also. Um, and hey, maybe in a vintage kind of a live two shirt, you know, t shirt. I don't know. You could do that. You know, they do that sometimes. Um, but yeah, I would love them to do that. And more, more. And the other thing about it, the recording too, is I would like the other recording, the original recording, maybe from Rock and Roll Party, the Japanese deal that was originally going to be uh, the Alive 2. Or, or the actual, uh, you know, like soundboard, like Mark was talking about, like the soundboard recordings without the extra audience, you know, stuff pumped in like they did in the, the final mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Kramer mixing and stuff. So I would like the, the original, the original recording, all the flubs and anything else in it. I would love to hear it. That's fine. That's all part of the concert experience. So... Just give me all, all of that nice box, you know, and and uh, maybe a little booklet too, with uh, the pictures from the tour, right? Pictures and and some maybe Gene and Paul or whoever's comments in there, and talking about live two in the tour. So that's that's what I would love to see uh, for that one. That's very. That's a very cool idea, especially being the 40th anniversary this year of both Love Gun and Alive Two. Do it. I, I like the idea of including vinyl, but don't just include 
you know, like a repackaged up one of the one that came out in 2014. I say right. put those three songs that are on the on those special covers, you know, the, the Take Me, uh, what is it, Do You Love Me, and Hooligan. Um, oh, yeah. So reintegrate those into the show and have that vinyl yes. replicate that. So it's a different Alive 2 um, mm-hmm. as such. Throw in both the Summit videos, both nights. They, you know, they gave us one with a bit of one, you know, on Kissology, and I got, I, I got to say, I don't think the quality on those was as good as we've seen in Collector's Circle. So that would be awesome. And you know what, Poster? Remember Kiss Live Two, the the one that was kind of sold around the time. That's also mm-hmm. a sticker. God, excuse yeah. me again. You know, that's, that would be fantastic, or even that as a sticker. A reprint of the tour book, you know, down shrunken down to fit. Yeah. Exactly. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And maybe a view master reel as well. Yeah. Just because. <laughs> that's not the extra. Or, yeah. yeah. Mark, any thoughts or on tattoos. that? Tattoos. <laughs> well, I, I thought about this as well, and there's two records that right away come into mind that I'd like to see them do. And in this way and i'll explain here because i brought a couple of things to show um for example the, i love the first album and i know from having seen in various different books that there was lots of people snapping pictures lots of people in there while they were recording so there, there's got to be footage of that and bill a coin as well you know is being known to be a camera person and must have must have had a video camera in there somewhere there's got to be some footage of something who knows right of stuff like that but First, first of all, in a, in a more basic way, now this is an example of something that I think that they should have did even with uh, the Love Gun Deluxe. I have this version of Black Sabbath's Master of Reality. Now, inside here, when you open it, um, I don't know if you, how well you guys can see any of that, but, but if you look at this, disc 2, like vinyl 2, has nothing but unreleased bonus stuff. Now, how Kiss did under Kiss the Love Gun Deluxe, why not make a vinyl and put those things on vinyl as well? I mean, Black Sabbath could do it. I mean, come on. Why couldn't Kiss go and do something similar to it like that? But, for example, like another record I really love is Dynasty, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what I love that, for example, Rush did is they did a box for their first album. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what they included in it, for example, they have... A Rush family tree, right? Now, if you look in the back, it shows this is just a family tree from when they first met to the first album. So that's this is not even like you know, this is like going way back. On top of that, they also give you like little small versions of like their the band members in these little small pictures, right? Like five by sevens or whatever they are, right? Pictures. Um, they also have in here a poster like a little small poster for the, the first album right which is kind of neat and i mean like kiss for example for like that first album even they had all kinds of those pictures like that gene blowing the fire and they had all those tour dates underneath for that first tour that they did right they could put in something like that right and in there and then here they and at the, at the, for the very end of it of course you have you would have the original version of the album. Like here, this is the original reissue of the first Rush record on the Moon uh, label. That's great. Right? Yeah. yeah. So is it is it and the that, moon, is it the Moon mix as well? 
yeah, it's yeah. They, it it sounds, it sounds just like that, right? I mean, they even have the in the dead wax. They have the same, you know, matrix oh, number from the moon nice. and everything in there, and you know. It's it's little things like that that I always loved about these kind of boxes, right? Because, and just to show you one last little thing, and this is the thing that always I've loved when bands do this is that they have inside there, like the the actual, oh, shit. yeah, well, box, like the tape. yeah, like the quarter inch box with the all the little comments and stuff, and yeah, you know, it's it's those kind of things that I really love. I mean, imagine getting a, a version of Dynasty like that, like they had, you know, the copy of the box poster from that time you know some other posters that as advertising the release of the record you know and you know put put the first u.s pressing redo that one put it there into it you know i mean there's so many things once we all start talking about it you know i can see julian's gears going i can see ken's gears going i mean there's so many things we could think of that you know it's it's just a shame that for whatever reason they're being handcuffed to not do this I, I I know I'd love it. I would buy this stuff in a minute. And you guys know I have about five King Crimson boxes back there, like those two red box, the the Thrak box, and all these things. And these things cost like over a hundred bucks, but I'm telling you that they're worth every cent. You have so many things that you can listen to, unreleased things in the studio stuff. They show you run-throughs of stuff. There's video of different shows that were never released. I mean, come on, people are they're recording it. Fans want to see it. Show it to us. That's great. I have one criticism of that Rush box. It does mm-hmm. not come with a repro of the first single, not Fade Away, and yeah, uh, what's, on, yeah. what's on the flip. You never, can never remember. You know, and, and they've still got some really good demos, you know, because they cut, mm-hmm. I think, four songs for that first single and only used two. I can't yeah. remember if Garden Party or whatever. Fancy Dancer. So, you know, that, that's a great one. And, you know, if it was the first Kiss album done the same way, then you get obviously the NB9001, no kiss in time. Include that, right. I say, include mm-hmm. that as a bonus single. As a single, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, simple as that. Do it as the <clears throat> mono stereo promo because I think the uh, the kiss singles box has the, the other version. So do something exclusive like that. Or throw in, you know, how about a, you know, seven inch single or a 10 inch single um, with the original five demos? You know, and do mm-hmm. do the cover up like the real packaging, like you just showed. Do you remember a few years ago, um, one of the engineers who was working on remastering the the catalog for the 2014 vinyl posted a picture on his Twitter of the the real box from the first Kiss album, and how there was some notation mm-hmm. suggesting a remix when they added in "Kissing Time." Um, that shit, you know, like you just showed in the back of that box, is so cool. Yeah, I love that kind isn't, of stuff. Isn't there somebody putting together something with all the uh, studio notes or information? I thought someone was going to do a book with that, had that information in it from be, the Kiss sessions and things. Yeah, it, it'd be great if they could, you know, and if they were able to find enough of that stuff. I know yeah. a, lot, a lot of the stuff Kurt sold up on eBay, you know, for the early albums had a lot of the receipts from the sessions. I've got some. Um, you know, is it enough to string it all into a book, or does someone have access to yet another source? Um, mm-hmm. You know, that would be a fantastic read. You know, oh, yeah. but then again, you also have to question the veracity of you know a billing sheet from say August the third that says they they mastered mm-hmm. such and such or recorded it. You know, how accurate is it, or was it just throw a title in there for you know 
billing purposes. And you're distracting me like crazy. Bastille Day. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I found a. That's fly by, of, fly by Night, obviously. The, the oh, Crescive Steel, oh, steel uh, okay. b- box, the original master. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. those things are like just fantastic to see, right? Sorry to interrupt you there. I didn't mean to do that. That's perfectly fine. The last thing I was going to say is, you know, as included in Kisteria, the first promo poster, you know include that oh yeah that has to be in there with, with and put the first album at the proper size with the full marks <laughs> as well so you know maybe, and maybe a, couple, a couple of those other posters for their you know their shows oh, the original yeah, shows some of the reprints of those would be cool yeah the tour you know so that would that would make a really fun you know lp size and you get and here's the one thing that i just <coughs> really been missing since 2014 and it's they put it out on vinyl. They put Master for iTunes. Where are the physical CD copies of these new Masters? Because the remasters mm. are, you know, 20 years old, 1997. Yeah. Why have they not reissued them? And I love the idea. I think, Mark, you mentioned it, you know, going by the dates of the original releases, you know, um, just don't use February the 18th for the first one. You know, I've re- in, a ca- in, a ca- in a calendar year... They could release all these CDs, all the new masters of the CDs, on the days that they came out, or you buy a box. You know, remember the Led Zeppelin box? You know, you just get the mm-hmm. nine CDs in a freaking boring ass box. Now look at the Shuffle Pack from '97 in Japan, or um, the the uh, the Silver Double Platinum one from Disunion for a few from a few years later. Put out a box with them all, or release them individually on the dates. You know, that, yeah. you know that's not even special. That's just common sense, really. Mm-hmm. Or, God, shouldn't have said that. All right, let's go to another pick uh, of yours, Ken. And I'm I'm going to save mine because I really, you, you guys are picking good ones. Yeah, here's another one. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, the Elder um, because that one. Yes, I would like to see that one. Even though you know, it's again, it's a controversial in the Kiss world. Kind of, some people will like it, some people don't. Or, but I think it's becoming more loved and as it ages um, with everybody. And the thing is, I would love to hear the full everything that was uh, that was meant to be in there. All of the dialogue, put all the dialogue back in. Uh, un- maybe uncut songs, demos. Um, that they may have recorded, um, uh, just the whole thing. Even even they can get like uh, yeah, Gene Simmons, you know, original write-up script or whatever the script in there um, that would have been planned for a type of uh, movie or whatever. Um, the actual story, I guess. Um, and you know, I guess they can put any other stuff on there, like the you know they can put the Fridays videos on there again and some other stuff. Um, anything related to that and the, the promo the promo posters maybe um, that they would have well, they, they did release in the record store I used to have those actually I had those yeah what I, about that elder poster just the, the long uh, one yeah you know fantastic I, Do a reprint I had that I no longer have it but I had it back at the time uh, I got it from a record store they gave it to me um, uh, so that would have been great I just want to hear it Maybe it's a double album. Um, maybe if it, with the extra dialogue, I don't know. Um, but I think that would be just awesome. The real song sequence, of course, along with 
the dialogue in between that tells this helps tells the story uh, of the elder, and so that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's my one regret on the Odyssey book that we were never able to get a definitive answer about that dialogue. It, it's assumed, and people did mention that there is a version, allegedly. I think Big John Hart that had the dialogue in it but you know that's kind of hearsay, hearsay that's kind of hearsay at this point and maybe he'll address it in his book you know that'd be that would be interesting we weren't able to get the answer at the time but the thing with kiss projects is that they are never carved in stone they're never done always you're finding out stuff after the fact you know the elder i think if they could do a, a 12 inch size package that doesn't sound right but um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, you know, a, a, a box with a faux door. Remember, people went gaga for that box that someone made, that yeah. Elder Effect box with the Kiss logo and all that. Yeah, you know, just imagine it's just a solid cardboard box with the grain and texture of a door, and you open it up. You know, hold, hold the knocker and open it up, and inside you've got a double LP. You've got the posters, as you mentioned, and come on, they could go to town with scroll effect paper. I mean, you know, with pomposity and all that shit, you know, <laughs> you know, greetings, you know, and, and think of all the CDs and stuff that they could put on there. I mean, obviously, this week, you know, one of the other leaks was 22 seconds of the Friday's rehearsals, which had, mm. the, the band, of course, mm. ran through those songs and. I think three times prior to actually recording them, so people got 22 seconds of a taste of that, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view. So there, there's a lot of material. Ace has talked about a lot of his stuff. Uh, that was oh, yeah. Another, yeah. another one of the cool things from the week, if you're not on Facebook or on the FAQ, is uh, May May the 3rd, was it, or 13th, 1981, Ace crashes one of his yeah. cars in his driveway so Gene's up in Toronto at the time because there's a, we've got a schedule for him doing an interview from there with instructions to call the studio and ask for I think it was Dr. Van Helsing um, you know <laughs> and Ace is back home in Wilton shouting at reporters threatening to set his dogs on them and um, you know I love the I obviously love the elder still and even after doing that book I still love the elder so I think that'd be a fantastic one for all ten of us fans who love that album to buy whether or not they do it. any thoughts on the elder mark that anything you think that I've missed that should be in there um no I mean I think you've covered it pretty well I mean for a man who's been so neck deep in the elder I mean, one could only expect that you'd have so many different ideas for something like that because, you know, I think the elder has been a part of your life daily for how how long, how long now? Like, for a long time. So you must have had a thousand ideas of how to redo that album. So I think you've pretty much covered it all, except for maybe one thing, which is an idea that I had for some of the records. Now, this idea that I had is something that I think they could do across the board with older stuff. I think it would probably, though come across better with albums maybe starting from let's say like lick it up onwards but i'm a huge 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 fan of blu-ray audio right mm. so i think that the a nice version of like asylum you know on blu-ray audio would sound fantastic when you are and, 
yeah, what, what, whatever they want to do to kind of improve on it or to make it that much more of an exclusive thing, I, I'm all for it. I mean, this, this is just pretty basic in the sense that it's just, you know, the, the lyrics are in there, like on the album, and then they have, like, you know, the picture in there from the mm-hmm. album itself. And then on the backside, they have a shot of them in there from the record. And I'm just, I really like the Blu-ray audio stuff. I think it sounds good. I think it sounds like, you know, a lot better than just regular DVD stuff. Um, this is one of my favorite records, which is Stephen Wilson's The Raven That Refused to Sing. It's a great album. If you don't own it, then you should be kicking yourself in the rear end. Uh, it's really good. And Kiss should be doing this kind of stuff as well. One thing that I really like that you could do with Blu-ray as well is they, there's a 2112 version that came out on Blu-ray. And while the album plays, they have comic imagery that tells the whole story of 2112 beginning to end with the music so not only do you have fantastic audio but now you have something video as well with it to go through with it and it makes it like a more immersing experience i find especially like the funny part that i didn't realize well i didn't realize at first that they were going to do was i thought they were just going to do that with 2112 boom now they go over to side two and for Passage to Bangkok, they're continuing the whole thing. You know, see a guy yeah. in a train smoking up and everything. I'm like, wow, this is hilarious. Like, that they kept the whole comic theme through the whole thing. And that's something that I think Kiss could do as well. I mean, in a more basic sense, like, for example, my Asylum example, if they did a Blu-ray version of it, why not play the single, the singles that they had for that album, play the video footage on screen while they use the really excellent audio playing from it you know what i mean so you have like a two-in-one thing you have the video playing while you'd have the good audio and that's just one of these kind of little ideas that maybe you should think about doing to appease the high definition listeners because i know for a fact that i saw on the faq board lots of people talking about oh i went to the high definition page and they have a great version of you know uh, dress to kill on there and this and that so there are people who do go for those types of audio mm-hmm. right so why not try to corner that i mean gene being mr i want to stick my feet into every kind of you know market stream why wouldn't he do that you know i think it's a great idea right and just one last little example of that too i'd have another one of these stephen wilson ones and this is the single he put the single on blu-ray but if you look in the back i don't know well you'll see any of that but he has like a whole like five or six songs from a live concert as well on there so now you have the video with the single Plus, you got some unreleased live footage on there as well. So you can do so many things with that. I mean, you can release a, like a single in this way and plus put a bunch of bonus content. And he also has lots of great studio footage of him recording albums like that as well. So why not take advantage of those ways of capitalizing on different mediums? What are those, 5-1 or 7-1? 5-1. I think this one's 5-1. I'm pretty sure it's 5-1. So they either had to be recorded in that manner or go back and do work in the studio in order to bring them into 5.1. Well, this this record here, for example, was done, like, this was all done on Pro Tools. I, I know for a fact that these Stephen Wilson albums are. The Kiss ones, obviously, you probably have to go back and do some sort of, you know, manipulation. And, you know, I, I see that there's lots of little plugins and stuff that they do now where you can convert stereo stuff into 5.1, but that's not as good as actually going back in and 
physically doing it into five one, right? So, but it, and it, hey, technology you can do anything these days, right? Well, come on, if you've got the original multi tracks or those yeah. pulled into digital realm, then you can mm-hmm. do anything you want with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But unfortunately, when we're talking about Universal and or Kiss, is it seems <laughs> that if effort and or money is required, then they would rather not do that uh, because yeah. it's investment. With limited returns, I, th- I think when we look at the sales of the remaster catalog, the sales are just not that impressive. So, um, it, it, it's it's so limited; it's almost better just to do something niche. But I love yeah. the, I love the idea. Again, you know, I bought a bunch of the albums on HD tracks, and I can't tell the fucking difference, but I bought them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my ears don't don't work. So, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, I'm a heathen. Ken, let's go back to you for another one of your picks. All right. Uh, another one I have is um, Creatures of the Night. I know they were yeah, starting to do or they looked at it, and I know Tommy said there wasn't enough stuff. I don't think that's true. I think there's plenty of uh, uh, stuff out there. I can't believe they, they can't find this stuff. Um, so I would love a new Creatures. Uh, yeah, they can remaster it and um, I think there's you know all the de- the demos um, again there's that we've talked about it before when we talk about creatures that you know not for the innocent with the Paul and Jeans trading vocals and and uh, there's uh, I think there's the Vinnie Vincent stuff and maybe that's part of the reason they didn't do it because of the Vinnie Vincent bingo um, yeah just holding them back but come on get over it people you know. <laughs> um, to try to find him and pay him some money for the darn music. Uh, sh- yeah, pay him. Pay him. You pay you him. Know, I'm sure he'll be happy. He lost his copyrights, I believe, you know, to pay for legal fees for losing the cases that he couldn't let go of. I mean, cut him a deal so that he gets yeah. some money out of his art. I mean, shit. Yeah, cut, cut a deal. And, and, and hopefully, um, you know, if they would put a set like this, you know, they recreate the the posters and stuff again for, for that. Um, um, also, the if they can find a, somehow find a, a great, you know, video of a concert. Uh, I know there's some couple of bootlegs out there. Um, but is there, was there possibly a, a pro shot from somewhere? Or, or a real good quality uh, Creatures of the Night tour video that just hasn't shown up yet. I don't know. Um, but that would be good. There's there's plenty of, you know, audio recordings. I know that. They can put some, some of those out there on, uh, you know, on the CD um, as part of the package, too. Um, but, yeah, there's I think there's plenty of demos uh, to put on, like, another additional disc or something. It's um, my life. Well, yeah, the original "It's My Life" for sure is is a definite uh, one that has to be on there. Um, um, it's far superior. Like the demo I've heard is, is far superior over the Psycho Circus, you know, well, version. Anything is. Because Psycho Circus is too polished. You can't polish that stuff. So, um, yeah. So that's one I'd like to see. Uh, maybe they do something special if if on the vinyl or. You know, they could they color it or 
or do something with it, you know. Uh, I know there's been a couple different picture discs, of course, already out on that. But so I don't think we need another picture disc. But they could at least, you know, splatter some of the blue and whatever into the vinyl, into the black vinyl. It shouldn't be too difficult. Yeah, good idea. And I'll, I'll mention some of the video. Remember the Getty stuff that came out last year, the MTV yeah. interview and the band doing That's I Want stuff. My MTV, uh, the press conference. Yeah, the press conference. The, the interview, I the mean, holy night shit! Night. That press conference was absolutely. I mean, we had the audio for it for years, but just to see it, you know, the video of the band with Ace, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, was there any news footage? And it, it seems they didn't dig very hard for Kissology for this era, possibly because of the Vinny issue, which is a shame. Because what was there in Europe? You know, was there news footage of the in stores that they were doing? Uh, with him on that promo tour with Ace on the promo tour you know because that's kind of your get out of jail from the Vinny side of things is and and how long was that footage um I think I actually may still even have it right here so again they could add another mini tour book too of the original creatures tour book you know that were limited that there came out in small quantities because they only released it at towards the end of the tour um (laughs) yeah you know all the people that couldn't get one, you guys get uh, exactly. A, I think the people you production of it, you know, some sort. People people would jump on that. Like if you miss it, I mean, obviously you're gonna want to get it, right? Yeah. So so that's a, that's a you know a really good pick, and that's the the only way I really see them being able to do one without you know having issues with Vinny is you know either cut him a deal for this one reissue and see if that works, um, which with Vinny you just <laughs> never know. I guess if it's going to be enough for there not to be trouble or to cause trouble or give him the wrong impression and all that, maybe it's just too much work that they just don't want to go do all the ace stuff, you know? So, yeah, great idea. One of mine, and I'm going to get in with this one before anyone else has a chance to do it, is Rock and Roll Over. That's that's mm-hmm. the one I've, I've been waiting for. Um, there's not a whole lot to do with that. I mean, there's we've seen pictures of people who own reels that have, you know, takes of Baby Driver with Gene on vocal, you know, demos as such. Obviously, Mr. Speed was on the box set. Um, put it all together, just like they did with Love Gun. You know, and I'm going to say, might as well go with the idea that Mark's been selling, and that's the box LP size box to put it yes. in. So put in a reissue of the LP, and I'm going to say on orange colored vinyl. You know, go with the mm. primary color from mm. so that it's different than the 2014 Kisteria issues. And you know, people collect this stuff, and we're Kiss fans. You know, put in a copy of the CD, but do it in a mini. You know, uh, like the ja- Japan sleeve. market does the sleeve with the dust sleeve reproduced the you know do the merchandise again simple as that you know the merchandise order forms if it if we can go to teespring and you know all these places now and have t-shirts made for podcasts why can't kiss who has licensing agreements with companies do similar recreate the old tour shirts you know and Mm -hmm. you can get what you get in the box is a coupon you don't get the actual one because that means it's cheaper. You send in, I say, I need an XL, I need a triple XL, I need a small, you know, for I want my kids to wear it, you know, so that you just send in. Mm-hmm. So do that. 
I also say we, because backstage auction years ago, we saw the reels for a couple different versions or mixes of the Rock and Roll Party in Tokyo because that's that tour. Put that out on an exclusive LP in this box and the CD as well, and then include the video. And are there any video outtakes from those Tokyo shows that we've not seen? Is this just is that just what there is? that has survived fine you know go out and better better copy maybe do the japanese version or the hbo or maybe all of them on dvd here's your here's the kissology one again because you want to buy it but here's the nhk i think it was and the hbo so you get all that and then you get the demos which you know if someone's got a little quarter inch reel that doesn't mean that doesn't actually count for shit that means back in a vault somewhere are the two-inch, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, the real stuff, which they can go to, which is why you know a lot of us collectors who've ended up with stuff like the iVideo, yeah, it's not the only copy. Never, never believed that anyway. They've got stuff. Mm-hmm. So what do they have? And you know, Robert Conti, hopefully, kept a good list of what he saw in the vault during you know his encounters there, and that there is enough to do an extra disc. On the, on the CD side of that. And then I'll go with the same stuff that you guys have both said, you know, what is a classic poster that represents the, you know, rock and roll over period? Mm. Is, is it them on the motorbikes, those gaudy choppers? Is, is that from that period or was that uh, Destroyer? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but whatever the definitive kind of poster is for that era, include that. Fold it again, no separate roll. And maybe a, a flyer from a show, you know, yeah. or reproduction tickets. So I, I like those ideas. And, you know, Rock and Roll Over, I think, would be a better candidate than Love Gun ever was. Uh, so I'm very surprised. And no teaching mm-hmm. demos. No teaching demos and no radio crap. <laughs> yeah. And Oh, shit. Forgot one thing. Burns. Rock and roll over with Kiss, right, Ken? That gets mm. included too. If they can get a lot, yeah, that that'd be perfect to get <laughs> that, out there and think that. that. Would, I think you know fans would just absolutely dig that—a real radio show from the '70s with the band. So there you go, rock and roll sure. over the box set would make me very happy. All right, I think we've got uh, time for one more of your guys' picks each. Mark, Mark. So I think we've pretty much covered a lot of ground. The one thing that I think that we should talk about and i'm a huge fan of this i'm not sure about you guys i'm guessing you guys probably are as well and i'll have to use another band just as an example to show what i mean but when this came out i was very extremely excited this is yes progeny now what this is 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 eight shows from the close to the edge tour in full full shows okay and like what they did is they put them all on these little on the CDs, right? Like this one here is Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto on Halloween night, right? So it has the full show here. The next night is on here, which is in Ottawa. You have the same thing here. Now, these are eight shows in a eight shows not in a row, but they're pretty close to it in a row because they must have had a couple of days off. And I heard there was something about somebody got sick on one of the days or something happened, but it's awesome because while the set lists are similar on there the performances there's always something that changed on there you know somebody expanded something and did did this and that so 
uh, you know, it's it's fantastic to have all these different variations of the show. It also comes with like a book, right? And here with you know pictures from, you know, the tour and just explanations of stuff, Roger Dean things, right in there. And the thing that I like about this as well is that they talked about the difficulties that they had with finding the two-inch tape and what they had to do to make it a good quality reproduction of these shows because, you know, as we all know, and I'm sure, you know, people like, uh, you know, Julian, who's had to go and bake tape himself, knows that some of these things deteriorate with time, as this did, so they had to go in, do a lot of things to fix it. In fact, they said that for what they had to do with the bass drum on the songs from this recording is they had to physically play it back through a board, send the audio out into a bass amp, and remic the bass amp to give it more bottom end to the kick drum, and then re-put that sound back into it because some of the audio degraded, right? So I love those kinds of little stories and things that they talk about where they talk about how they fix things and they make the audio sound good. But I'm telling you, could you imagine having a little box like this of, let's say, nine shows in a row from the Rock and Roll Over Tour, or nine shows in a row from whatever, like a live time. Alive. Nine show- Jesus, there. alive. Yeah, yeah alive yeah. is it. We, we've, we've said it before. The alive. Yeah. The shows that were recorded for the album that for ultimately the, um, weren't. Just put them out as they are. Full shows. Just like the Yes product Oh my yeah. God! I mean, so the people, if they still exist, of course, you know, they may have been chopped up, and you know, who who knows what the state? I love the answer to that, actually. So, to follow up on, on Mark's thing, so I, you know, I have that Metallica, one of the Metallica Ride the Lightning box set. So this one, so first, since you got the you know the remastered uh, vinyl, the new vinyl remastered. And then here's some things that we talked about as for the kiss, what kiss could have done too. So here's a a poster for nice. the tour, right? That's one there. But not to be outdone, there's there's another one, another location, another tour uh, poster. And then here's another one. Oh shit with venom. Holy nice. Uh, that's badass. So, yeah, yeah, and then and then on top of that, they also did an. Uh, here's another vinyl of live at the Hollywood Palladium back in '85, uh, and uh, and then in addition to that, here's the picture disc, the uh, creeping death. Yep. Creeping <laughs> nice. death. Yeah, side two, uh, am I evil? Blit and Blitzkrieg. Um, and Creepy Death, yeah. So, and then this is not all. That's not all. Then you got a book, even. Here's a book about it. Yeah, it's, it's a thinner one, but it kind of has a lot of cool stuff. It has pictures, and, and then it has, you know, notes and things like that about uh, all the stuff, the live stuff, and they, you know, they've written a lot of stuff in there too. Um, so. That is very cool too. And then on top of that, then you have your regular uh, remixed, you know, CD of that, and then a demos and rough mixes from Lars Vault mm-hmm. for uh, Red Lightning. You know, has Red Lightning, uh, Creeping Death. These are actual demos, studio demos. Yeah. Uh, that they did uh, for that, and then they have the Ride the Lightning 
uh, look at interviews <laughs> on another disc. They have a Red Lane Deluxe Edition DVD. This is live at Metal Hammer Festival uh, Day on the and Day on the Green. Uh, and one of them, the Day on the Green, I have the video too. Red Lane Deluxe Edition live at Castle Donington. 85. Uh, boy, he just goes on live at, uh, was it Lyskium Theatre, London, UK, December 20th, 84. That's not all. It's more. You believe it? Then you got right away into left. I'm, I'm sorry. If Gene, if Gene Simmons is watching, he's like, no, no, that's too much. Too much in there. Too much. Yeah, <laughs> live at the Kabuki Theater in San Francisco, 85. Um, so that's it. I think one of them. Or I mean, he's going one thousand dollars. Yeah, there, there's DVDs in here. Uh, the DVD actually has some live stuff. It has the actually has the live show that I was at in Oakland. Uh, at the Oakland Coliseum for a day on the green there. Yeah, that's uh, a great um, show. So, anyway, boy, I wish I wish Kiss would put something out like this, or you, I guess you or Universal, you know, kick the thing off and get it going. Hey, you know, when I when I have two weeks of holiday time coming up, I'm happy to go do the legwork, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like they're miss. They they continue to miss the boat over and over again. If you just think of the few albums that we've kind of mentioned today and talked about, Rock and Roll Over, Asylum. I mean, Asylum for me, yeah, I'm like hell yeah. I, you know, maybe uh, use instead for the cover, maybe one of the single um, covers that they used in Japan or Holland. You know, for that one to get around that. But I I can't think of any. Are there any demos that circulate from Asylum apart from the the purported Gene's Asylum demos, which are just, you know, yeah. not that good. I can't I can't think of any off the I top of my head. I don't think so. Then you got the Heavens on Fire live B side that was used at that time. So, you know, you know, even for the most simple of Kiss albums, which I, I think Asylum is from the picks, you know, and the kind of one that you wish they'd find a pro shop from, which Tommy did say they had, I think, or at least some of. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. we say this year after year after year with the band that they just continue to kind of enjoy missing the boat. How much was that Metallica box? Was that like 250 I think? Um, I think originally it was like 250 but I got it. I waited, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And I got it for, what's that, uh, that one website, they, they sell that stuff and then at the beginning, but then at, later on they have deals or special sales. Oh, What's pop, pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop market. Pop market. Is that it? Yeah. Pop market. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I got it from them. I think I got it. I want to say I got it for ninety nine dollars. That whole nice. thing. Nice. Nice. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So you know, it may be on sale still, or eighty eight or something like that. I got it for a great deal. Um, I like. I'm not. I'm not passing this up because I, I love that album. Yeah, that's yeah, my. I I haven't bought that yet. You know, I'm gonna go on YouTube and check out some of that stuff because sure, it's I'm sure it's up there. You know, as a middle finger to the Napster, oh. Napster haters. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, any any last thoughts on any of these kind of reimagined? I like the the Blu-ray audio. That was one I didn't even think of. I, I thought maybe, mm -hmm. yeah, they could box up the Kissologies, but you know, if those companies are no longer, you know exact you know it, it may be more problematic uh, animalize 
animalized, yeah. live, uncensored. I mean, deal yeah. deal with the rights issues once and for all. You know, so many of these companies are incestuous. They've been bought by one another. Is it in a place that it can be dealt with on a business level? Because one mm-hmm. company's losing money from a reissue, and another company could benefit from it. You know, why business? The art of the yeah. deal. You know, why why are we left with a shitty DVD with Portuguese subtitles for Animalized Live <laughs> Uncensored, uh, or trying to find a laserdisc player that works? You know, it, oh, yeah. it, it, it's just yeah, one of those things. You know, I would actually enjoy Animalize an Asylum without the artwork. You know, so going in completely, maybe remixing and remastering those as part of the project, and then expanding them with whatever is available. I, I, it's going to be tough with Gene in that period, perhaps, but you know, I, fill it up with Paul's demos of his songs. Then I'll I'll take that. There's plenty of radio broadcasts from the period. Fill it up with those. If there's not if there's not pro shot video, then you know. Find the best of what they're... audio. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, the other thing I say, I just, I was thinking about too, is, um, is putting in the, you know, the handwritten, when you have that little piece of what the band did itself, you know, like the handwritten lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love seeing handwritten lyrics from like, you know, I know Gene has kept all his, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, he's a pack rat. I don't know if Paul has handwritten lyrics out there or these kept his over the years uh because i you know i get the you know the, i have the paul mccartney stuff too and he's put stuff out he has all his handwritten lyrics i mean they're they're there from he, he doesn't throw that stuff away he's kept it all and they put it in part of the booklet you know one of the booklets and you see the lyrics it's just a personal touch yeah i think any kind of personal touch that that the band members Maybe a hand, uh, you know, drawing of their costumes, designs that maybe that they want to uh, come up with for the next tour or whatever. That's that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's a little personal touch that I think would be the fans would like to see. I don't have it handy right now, but one thing I do have is I believe it's Creatures of the Night first day um, of sessions. Eric Carr drew a cartoon. About yeah, about the, like uh, about the session starting, you know, and he's got little voice. You know, it's pre-rockheads, but it's kind of similar style artistically. You know, tells uh, Paul to play this way. You know, Gene tells <laughs> Eric to play this way. It's like it's a cute little cartoon. You know, exactly. and, and that Anything kind, like kind that. of stuff. You know, put in the package that would represent Eric Carr, who you know you can't go back to for any commentary or anything. That just shows you, you know, the, the different side of Eric than what was present at the end of the '80s. You know, the kind of worn out and like, abused and negative. This is a positive, yeah. energetic, happy Eric from earlier on that you know yeah. assuages some of those things that have come out in recent years. You know, there, there's so many different ways to do it, and. Um, it may just be easier, I guess, for the band to work with photographers like Lynn Goldsmith has a book coming out that they right now oh, yeah. show up as having a co-credit, I guess, a little bit like uh, Wearing Habits, um, where they'll give some commentary and context to some of the photos. That's what I assume it's going to be uh, to color her book. It, it, it seems like it's just they're not into it. You know, they, they go mm. out and tour and that's enough kiss for them. They're not really concerned with legacy because I guess they know to a certain extent they've got legacy no matter what because they're an American pop icon 
mm-hmm. also to a certain extent a worldwide pop icon that people will never forget the makeup and they'll always know Gene Simmons they'll have a demon pop into their head Paul Stanley uh, sure. he she star yeah. lover pop into their head uh, Spaceman they'll have Ace mm-hmm. pop into their head <laughs> are you sure about that? Well, it, it may be Tommy, but they won't know the <laughs> difference. You know, so, you know, great ideas today, guys. Uh, so when we go to our audience, these are some of our ideas for kicking Universal up the backside, saying, come on, Rush has done it, Yes has done it, Metallica has done these proje- products, made these <laughs> products. Now compare it with Destroyer Resurrected. Yeah, that was a nice effort by Bob Ezrin to go in and tinker with it and try and fix some of the mm-hmm. things that, in hindsight, he felt he wanted to address. Uh, problematic that Universal, didn't they screw up the vinyl on that the, the, the first pressing? Something yeah. like the beginning There's of Flaming Damn. Youth. You know, that, that <clears> seems yeah, I have to both cro- copies of that. Yeah, yeah so that seems to <laughs> kind of crop up. They screwed up Love Gun on, in Kisteria. But there are so many opportunities and so many ideas. You know, just reinvent one of these things that someone's done and, and do it. Because there are people who would really love to hear this stuff. And if it's sitting on a shelf or has been destroyed and digitized and destroyed, well, it's not making you any money. I, I, I just don't yeah. understand from the point of view of a band that likes to make money the unwillingness to make money so there must be something holding things up so the question for everyone who's listened to the show is what are the packages that you would like to see uh, created and you know throw it out there join the topics because who knows who may read something or who may have a great idea that no one's considered an angle that motivates the band to say hey we like that idea that's a great freaking thing I read on the KISS FAQ uh, everyone will turn around and say what you actually read something great on the FAQ <laughs> <laughs> or something I read on Facebook no they stole that from the FAQ fuck you uh you know, who knows? There's so many different ways of looking. Maybe you'll have a unique perspective that, uh, who knows, could possibly be a, a, just a cool post or something for people to argue about or might even get turned into something, you know, tangible that you could hold in your hands. So if you've made it this far through the show, we do thank you for listening to us today. We look forward to seeing your comments about this episode. And from Mark, from Ken and myself, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.